Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. On July 11th, our church celebrated the feast of St. Benedict. And St. Benedict once said, Show me how a person spends their time, and I will tell you who or what they worship. Well, it makes so much sense. If a person is preoccupied with money, they're constantly obsessed with money, making money more and more and more. They're obsessed with their investments and how well they're performing. Well, we know exactly what they worship. If a person is preoccupied with status and honor, they're constantly thinking about, you know, how did I come off in the crowd? You know, did people notice me? Do people really like me? Do I make an influence in people's lives? Well, they essentially worship the ego. But if a person is preoccupied with a virtuous life, with living out their faith, living by the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, with forgiveness, compassion, well, then they worship God because God embodies all the virtues. Well, in the scriptures today, we see people who do just that, who worship God. And depending upon what or who we worship will determine how or whether or not we answer God's call into ministry. Now, take the first reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. Notice God is calling Jonah to be the next prophet. Notice Jonah's response, though. Jonah says, I was no prophet, nor have I belonged to a company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. The Lord took me from the following the flock and said, Go prophesy to my people Israel. And so Amos admits right from the beginning, he is no prophet. Now in the ancient world, the prophets tended to come to religious establishments. As Amos says, companies of prophets. You know, where they were trained, received formal training to be a prophet. They were trained or educated in matters of the Torah or sacred tradition. Now, Amos admits he didn't receive any of that type of training. He's an ordinary person like you or I. His occupation, he tells us, he's a shepherd and he's a pruner of trees. And yet God sees something in Amos, something very special that makes him worthy to become the next prophet. Now you say to yourself, well, this is crazy. Amos is the least qualified of any to carry out the duties and responsibilities of a prophet. And after all, by the very nature of the vocation of a prophet, he is the intermediary between God and his people. We would say the spokesperson for God in this world. Consequently, you would only assume that the best qualified, the best educated person should become the next prophet. But it isn't. It's Amos. So then it begs the question, what is it about Amos in which God sees something that is so special that makes him qualified? Well, I think the answer is found in the previous chapter. It says Amos is a devout man. And that's what God was looking for. That's what made him qualified. Once again, Show me how a person spends their time, and I will tell you who or what they worship. 
Amos spent his entire life centered around God. Therefore, he could, you could say he was predisposed to not just hear God call, but then to answer with a great deal of trust. Now, as I mentioned before, we are all called by God, called every day into greater intimacy, greater union, greater faith, greater opportunities to live out our, our faith life. And yet, what's one of the great spiritual tragedies? Well, there are other voices in our life calling out to us also. And people tend to hear those other voices. Those voices distract us and even lead us away from God. But not for Amos. No, he clearly hears the call. And here's the second thing that's most important. With a great deal of trust, he answers the call. Remember, Amos doesn't think he's qualified to do this. He knows he's not well trained for it. But he trusts. God knows Amos can do this job as a prophet. Therefore, Amos trusts that God knows the best and therefore accepts the role of prophet. You know, it reminds me of that great legend of the 5th century Irish monks. During this time, the Irish monks set out to evangelize the world. And this is how they did it. They would go into these boats, maybe five, six, seven monks at a time in a boat. Now, these boats didn't have any rudders, no oars, no sails. They simply pushed off from the shore onto the ocean and drifted and drifted. And wherever they landed, they had the providence, they had the trust in God that this was where their monastery should be built and where they should begin the work of evangelization. It was that complete overall trust in God. Well, I think Amos is trying to teach us that. You know, we, we listen to the call of God through faith. Every time we come to Mass, our prayers every day, stewardship, those are all ways in which we listen to the call of God. And then with great trust, we answer that call. And when we do so, we have no idea how our life will be impacted by it. I'll give you a great example of this that happened recently in our parishes. Just a few weeks ago, our young people went on mission to Pittsburgh, to an underserved area of the city, to work with the underprivileged there. Well, when the young people came back, typically they were on fire for their faith. But what was interesting was the adult chaperones that journeyed with them. The chaperones were more inspired, I would say, by their faith if you talk to them. They heard the call of God through faith, and so they went on this mission trip. But they also trusted they trusted that this is where God wanted them to be. And in doing so, they were called out of their comfort zone. They were able to speak about their faith to people that were complete strangers, even people that weren't even Catholic. And then they seized opportunities to live out that faith. They were truly inspired. Their faith was stronger all the more because of that. See, that's a great example of what Amos is trying to teach us. What's required of us? First, faith to listen to the call, and then with a great deal of trust to answer it, to truly believe this is what God wants me to do, and this is where God wants me to be. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. In the gospel, we hear the apostles called by Jesus and then sent, sent to evangelize. Now, what's so interesting about this, if you study Mark's gospel, the apostles really haven't been around Jesus that much or that long. Maybe just a few weeks or maybe just a matter of a month or two. So, like Amos, they really haven't been formally trained or educated by Jesus. 
you know, they feel unqualified to do such a thing. And yet Jesus believes they can do it. And so with faith, they listen to Jesus' call. And with a great deal of trust, they answer that call and they go. They go on mission. Now, it's interesting. Jesus instructs them. It says, he instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. Now, why is that? They weren't able to rely upon their own resources. Why? Well, if they brought food or money, they were relying upon themselves. What Jesus is trying to teach them is to rely upon a radical confidence in the providence of God. They shouldn't have to rely upon themselves for food or for shelter. God would always provide it for them. And he did. That's why it says at the very end of the the gospel passage, they came back and they were very successful in everything that they did. Now, you say to yourself, I just can't drop everything like the apostles and go out and evangelize. Or I can't be like these crazy Irish monks in the 5th century and go in a boat and just drift all over the place. You know, I've got a family, I've got a job, responsibilities, all these things. Well, I don't think God is asking us for such a radical commitment. But I think he is asking us to follow in the example of Amos and the apostles. But to do so maybe in little ways. Again, go back to that rule of St. Benedict. Show me how a person spends their time, and I will tell you who or what they worship. Well, look at how we spend our time. Do we spend it truly with God? Do we go to Mass every week, pray every day, perform the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, engage in stewardship? Well, if we do, then with great faith, we're listening. We're listening to God call us each and every day of our life. And then with a great deal of trust, we respond. Like Amos and the apostles and all the saints, you know, we are called. We're just ordinary people. And with faith and trust, we respond to that call. You see, God sees. He looks truly deep inside of us and he sees great potential. Potential for each and every one of us to do great things. Therefore, he calls us outside of ourselves, outside of our comfort zone. And in doing so, our faith grows stronger, deeper, and we are inspired. Just like those chaperones that went on that mission trip, they were spiritually rewarded. I'll give you another great example. You look at any catechists, catechists that teach faith to our children, especially catechists for the first time, it's pretty intimidating to stand before a group of children, regardless of their age, and teach them the faith. And yet, if you talk to catechists at the end of the year, they'll tell you they were truly inspired. They truly got more out of it themselves than they put into it. Well, that's a great example. You know, with faith, they heard the call. And with a great deal of trust, they trusted trusted that God believed that they could be a good catechist. And they were. I'll give you a last example. In our parishes, we're going to be starting up a new ministry in the next month or so. It's called Compassionate Hearts. Now, the leaders, the volunteer leaders of this new ministry... They're motivated. They're on fire for their faith. Why? Because they know this is where God wants them to be. This is what God wants them to do. And they are on fire for their faith. See, they are following the example of Amos and the apostles. With faith, they heard the call. And with a great deal of trust, 
now they're beginning this new ministry that they truly believe they can help and serve others in both of our parishes. And that really is the lesson for us this weekend. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.